All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got free agent sportscaster, previously of NBC Sports Washington, uh, Rob Carlin. Rob, how's everything? Everything is good. It's a wild time right now. Uh, life in COVID pandemic is interesting, but trying to make the best of it. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm enjoying the NBA playoffs, trying to get into hockey, hoping the NFL, these guys can stay safe. So we'll see how it goes. Are, are you, for NFL, are you cautiously optimistic? What are your predictions for how the season? I, I, I think that's the right way to say it, cautiously optimistic. I think, um, I mean, everything seems to be moving in the right direction right now. Um, and it, it seems like, um, at least with the pros, I mean, they're able to say, I'm willing to take the chance. And, um, you know, I think that, look, I'm watching hard knocks like most people are, and it seems like they're being tested often. So um, there are some advantages to being in a pro sports league like that. So I'd, I'd love to see the season go on. It, it sucks that there won't be fans, but, I, you know, I sure want football on Sundays. So for, for here in D.C., the thing they, they've been kind of – I don't know if gloating is the right word, but they've been hyping up Dwayne Haskins a lot in non-contact practices. Is that concerning to you that they need to do that? Have you followed that team at all over your <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like, I don't know any other quarterback in any other team that tweets out that their quarterback goes 8 of 14 in, in non-contact third down drills. Why are but you voting about that? That's, that's what that organization is, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, how many years we've heard about these guys who blow up in these. Now, look, this is different. This is your franchise quarterback. This is a guy who had some ups and some downs last year, but you've invested in him, and there are no preseason games to judge him on. So they've got to judge him on what they see right now. That It's not their fault that all there is is non-contact drills right now. So I think they want to just, you know, make him feel comfortable. I think they want everyone to be excited about it. They want the fan base to be excited about it. We'll find out, we'll start to find out against the Eagles if this kid is any good. It, I, I am intrigued by him and McLaurin. You know, I mean, clearly there's something there between those two. I rode McLaurin last year to the playoffs and I picked him up midseason and uh, in my fantasy league. And I think that there's something there. He still has to prove he could do it on a week in and week out basis in the NFL, though. I'm talking about Haskins. Can you name any other receiver on the roster besides McLaurin? I don't think <laughs> Garcon's still on that team. I don't think he's. Maybe. I don't know where he is now. It's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and then for fantasy, are you doing fantasy this year? Or you, it's not, oh, yeah. as much, not as much hype. Not as much well, time for fantasy. Well, I do like a uh, – it's a pretty in-depth, like, uh, keeper league. Okay. That's been going on for a number of years. So, um, yeah, again, there's no there's no preseason games. There's no one to be like, oh, dude, this dude blew up last night or he's the sleeper guy that keeps coming in in the third quarter. So, you're, we're all missing that. Um, so, again, I'm cautiously optimistic that the season's going to go on without a hitch. Um and if it does, then I'm going to get more and more into my fantasy team. And then for hockey, we're, we're with the Caps season basically coming to an end, we're, did you expect that to come as soon as it did, or were you disappointed with their performance? I was disappointed. I I don't know that I had hopes of a real deep playoff run just because of the way the season played out and all the issues both on the ice and sort of the things you heard developing off the ice. Um I wasn't expecting them to go out like they did. I mean, to to get beat, you know, like a drum by your former coach that won the Stanley Cup that you let walk away, a team that's definitely less talented but definitely working harder, that was a disappointing way for them to go out. 
Um, and it's going to be interesting now with the fallout of who their next head coach is going to be. And you start adding up this core group that did win the Stanley Cup. So that, that glosses over a lot. But this core group has run through a number of head coaches now, and Todd Reardon's just the latest. Did you when you when you saw Trotz leave? Did you know that okay, instantly this is going to be a horrible decision that's obviously going to backfire? Um, I don't think I thought it was going to backfire. Look, every, I've said this a thousand times. Everything went according to plan, except that they won the Stanley Cup. No one, I don't think, inside the organization or certainly outside the organization, thought they were going to win the Stanley Cup. And keep in mind what Barry Trotz was to that point. He coached, what, 16 years, I think, in Nashville. He coached three years in the Caps, and he had never been out of the second round. So, you know, he was a a really good coach that hadn't gotten past round two. Like, the Caps were a really good team that hadn't got past round two, and I think they made up their minds that they were going with Reardon when they gave him the two-year extension. He was sort of the coach in waiting. And like I said – Trotz was almost fired twice that year. Twice we were on, like, don't go too far from your phones because we might have an hour-long special to do tonight if the Caps lose this game. And so I think the players had sort of checked out on him, and just the organization was ready to move on to the assistant that they saw as the next great head coach. And then they won the Stanley Cup. So now all of a sudden Trotz had the power to write a really big number with a, a lot of years attached to that, on a piece of paper and slide that across the table and say, pay me that or I'm going to the Islanders. And the caps at that point were like, I'm not giving you five more years when you, we had already kind of mentally checked out. And so they made that decision at the time. I thought it's business. It's probably not going to be the best move, but I I really like Reardon. But um, now you're seeing that Trotch is just a brilliant head coach. And clearly this was not, the right move. They should have just let him take this core of guys. But keep in mind, I think that core of guys had checked out on trots. Mm-hmm. So I think they were sick of his message too. So there's a, it, there's a lot of layers to that. At this point in time right now, who's your prediction to win the cup? Oof. Um, it's really hard to tell because of the way, you know, this is all playing out. I mean, look, I did not think the Islanders would be one win away. And this is the, my childhood favorite team. <laughs> they haven't been to an Eastern Conference final since 1993. Wow. So I did not expect them to be where they are right now and playing so well. Tampa looks really good. And if they get Steven Stamkos back at all, that's a dangerous team that, like the Caps in 2018, has felt nothing but a swift kick in the groin over and over. And now maybe this is their year. Um Vegas is very intriguing. That's a really good team, really fast team. And Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury are two great goalies, um, and you need that. So I guess if you're asking me where would I put my money, uh, I'd probably put my money on Vegas right now. But I, I think Vegas, I think Vegas-Tampa would be a wildly entertaining Stanley Cup final. I remember initially they were saying if, if we got the virus under control, they could do the Stanley Cup in the host in the teams that are playing their host cities. Is that off the table or is that still a possibility? Say that again. I, I kind of they, they, they were saying initially that if America behaved, which they really haven't, and um, we haven't, and everything sort of was going well, that they could do the Stanley Cup, the two teams could play their home and away games in their home cities. Is that off the table? 
No, yeah, that was never really on the table. That was <laughs> briefly. Now they're going to go play that in Edmonton. So, and then the so the weird thing was, you know, had the Islanders won game whatever five, I guess it was, um, both the Eastern Conference Finals would have been over before the Western Conference, and they're supposed to go to the hub in the West. In the West, so there was a chance that they would have played game one potentially in Toronto, and then move the whole hub to Edmonton. So a lot of it is still sort of. Um, you know, making it up on the fly, for lack of a better term. But, um, but it, no, they're going to all go to Edmonton, and that's where they're going to play both conference finals and then the Stanley Cup, and that's probably the right way to do it. And then, and then flip it over to basketball. So I know your Knicks had a great year. They got Zion, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. No, wait, no, wait. They got Bobby Portis and, they, and, and the European kid from Michigan. So, <laughs> no, but seriously – you can't even name him. Just the European Ign- Ignaz Brasnakis. I thought he was great in summer league. He never got time. Um, no, <laughs> but do you, what do they get? Like a bottom ten pick? What, what do you What do you think's going to happen this offseason? Anything? This is this is the curse of of Jim Dolan. <laughs> this is the curse of being run by a bad dude with bad aura and bad karma. Bad things happen, man. It is, you know, I. It's been tough to really follow the NBA for so long because growing up a Knicks fan. Now, to be honest, Magic Johnson's my favorite athlete of all time. So I was actually more of a Lakers fan. Even when I was growing up in New York, I was a Magic guy. So I was a Lakers guy when Magic retired. I you know, went back to my hometown team. But I was always you know, back to the Ken the Animal Bannister, Rory Sparrow, pre-Patrick Ewing days. I'm a Knicks fan. But they've been – not only so bad, but so irrelevant for so long that, like, my love of the NBA, I followed the Wizards because I work in D.C. and I, you know, I had to be a part of it. And I, and I still – I know what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. To really follow it because the Knicks have been so bad for so long has just, just been a challenge, man. And it's – I don't see it getting any better anytime soon because this, this dude is just a bad guy and he runs a bad organization. So, like, for – for 20 some odd years, as an Islanders fan, I watched this team flounder and they had bad ownership and what's the arena and then are they going to move to Quebec? Are they going to move to Kansas City? Like to the point where they were like the laughing stock organization in sports. And then they started getting good and the Knicks are now like the laughing stock organization. <laughs> like there's always, and then I, I haven't mentioned the Mets. Like there's just, my teams have just been a swift kick in the nuts all the time. It's just, uh, it builds character, but the Knicks are – I don't I don't see how this is going to end well for them. I really don't. Have you been focusing uh, – uh, how much time have you been putting into the Orlando bubble with hockey going on, or is it uh, – It was all hockey. I mean, you know, ever since getting laid off at NBC Sports Washington, um, you know, I've been watching a little bit more basketball. Yeah. I mean, that, that Utah-Denver series was yeah. insane yeah. and – you know, I could have watched a 21-game series of those two teams go out. And Jamal Murray was crazy good. Um, so, yeah, like I've been following it, but definitely not as close as hockey just because that's been how I've, how I've fed my family for the last, you know, decade. So, yeah. been way closer in that. But when it gets good, when it gets big, you know, like everyone I'm following on Twitter, I'm like, oh, got to go check out what's going on with Denver and yeah. Utah now. Yeah, no, that series was phenomenal. Murray putting up, was he averaging 43 in three straight games in the last night? He put up a stinker. Kind of saw that coming. But it, it was a great series. I, I was – I don't know if either of those teams are beating the Clippers, but great first-round series for them. Um, but it's it's been wild. And I know we've got uh, 
Houston and Oklahoma City tonight. So I've never seen a team suit up with guys no one taller than 6'6". So we'll see if that can make it to the second round. But right. it's interesting. Honestly, I, my, my idea of what they could do if it goes into like double overtime and the guys just don't want to play anymore, I'd like to see Steven Adams and Tyson Chandler just square up. And I think that winner plays the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think the ratings would be through the roof. <laughs> see, this is the kind of stuff like I would walk into the newsroom at NBC Sports Washington. You'd be sitting at your desk right across from mine. And it was like you had three crazy ideas ready to go. And you're like, I'm just going to throw these lures in the water and see who bites on any of them. And I'd be like, dude, what What are you talking about? And I, and I never really knew if you were joking or if kind you were – Kind of. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Now, I've got got some good ideas that I think they should take advantage of. My other idea, I I pitched it to somebody that I know at ESPN. I don't think it's going to happen. After Stafford retires, I think they should do a flag football game with him and his kids against – what the hell's the guy's name? Cromartie. 11 (laughs) on 11. Family. Tag. Flag football. It might come up. Well, the, the, obviously, as we all know, the best part of that would be Cromartie trying to identify each of his yeah. kids. Yeah. Are you on my team? I think right. you're on my team. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to know which team is which. <laughs> However, just the identification, yeah. they might need name tags yeah. or like yeah. jerseys with the names on the back. So yeah. the first names on the back. Yeah. And then I think they can improve baseball. I think, I still think they should let one guy in every team do steroids. I think. I don't. I, I think it, we did that. I think it was called the '90s, right? Yeah, I, we're gonna do it again because nobody's watching this. I, I couldn't tell you who's doing well right now. I know the Orioles were doing well, and honestly, that was my preseason prediction. I said, "Hey, they win 40 games every year. This is their cup of tea." So, yeah, no, no, it's 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 wild. It's wild. No, it's, but it, I, I will say though, like the the whole like baseball is dying thing. It's dying nationally. Yeah. Regionally, the numbers are always good. Teams love their local baseball teams. It's yeah. just. It's hard on a national scene to be to get up for like game, you know, what a, a normal 162 game season, you know, game 48 between Milwaukee and Chicago. That's a tough sell for any sports fan, but regionally baseball does well. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. Now I couldn't. I couldn't name five Orioles. I couldn't name two. No, no, but they, I couldn't name two Orioles, and they've got like close to a million followers on Twitter. They have a big following. I think the fans really like it. There. See, I, I used to fight this fight. When I first started at NBC Sports Washington, which was Comcast Sportsnet then, we were, and at that point we were still pretending that we really cared about Baltimore and covered <laughs> Baltimore. And I always used to say, like, no offense to the Nats, Nats fans, the Redskins, Redskins fans, and those are a huge thing. But Baltimore is a very protective city. They're tucked between Philly and Washington. They feel like they get no respect to their defense because they get no respect. But, like, that's a very protective fan base who loves their team. Now, you'd never know by the, the stands over the last 10 years in Baltimore, the Orioles, because no one goes to the games. But if there's something interesting brewing with those two teams, like the fans are into it. And I, always say, I used to fight and argue. When I first got there in 2011, and those are some bad years for the Redskins, man. And, we, and I remember leading our shows with the big, is it going to be John Beck or Rex Grossman, the Beck versus Rex debate. And meanwhile, the, the Ravens are playing for, like, an AFC North title. I'm like, how are we leading the show with Rex or Beck? Neither one of them are any good. Who cares? That team's playing for an AFC North title. But they just sort of live in their own universe in Baltimore, sadly. Yeah, no, the guy in the skin, so I felt, never got his time to shine. Probably my favorite Washington football team, to be politically correct, correct um, receiver of all time is Leonard Hankerson. 
My favorite, my favorite receiver. Like you know, you didn't know if he was hurt. You didn't know if he was gonna catch it. He's the most athletic guy they had on the field. And I don't know where he is now, but he was he was incredible. No, Dude, but yeah, another one of those guys that yeah. You- You'd get like reports in, you know, non-contact yeah. drills and shorts and, and t-shirts. Oh, yeah. this dude's got the build. He's got the size. Yeah. He's got the speed. Throw the yeah. ball up to him on a fade route. Yeah, they love they, the fade route. And then they have everybody. And they let them go, and then they become all pros. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, Carlos Rogers isn't good. Oh, I could. Yeah, okay, that was a great pick. And then you get rid of uh, what's his name, Champ, ba- Champ Bailey. Oh, you bring in, bring in Eckman Porter. It'd be a great trade because he's <laughs> definitely going to Canton. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's what I, I I'm hoping for the best this season. It's I can't imagine Rivera like with all the stuff that's gone down since he started. I don't know how he can stay positive. Like I don't I don't know. He, he I, I think he's the best guy for the job, but like I don't see them winning more than four games. That's the um, see that's the thing though with head coaches, and that's why everyone you know would always say like, oh, who would want that job? I'm like, well, any head coach would want that job because they all believe they can fix it. Every head coach believes and every hot coordinator that is, you know, knocking on the door of being a head coach, they all believe that they have a system that can make it work. So, you know, here's Rivera. His, his leadership has shown it can win games, but once you get inside that building with all the madness that goes on, like think about that, that dude took over a team, right? And how many, crazy situations not even counting his own health scare yeah his own health scare would take right would take your attention away and be like well how does he coach through that but he's coached through already at this point multiple scandals with ownership a name change after 90 years i mean and he's go ahead go out there and be the face of all of this and that's what happens is just like at some point Every head coach there, you're just like, I, I, I can't even get to the football stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how he's done it. I think it's been remarkable just what he's put up with. But I don't know much more he can take. Like, <laughs> seriously, I, I don't know, I don't know if if Haskins doesn't pan out, and you've got Alex Smith going out there on one leg, which I feel, I think is a, still is a horrible idea, even though everybody's saying, "Oh, let him play." Did you see what happened to him? He looked like he was in Afghanistan with that injury. That was that was. The grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like toxic sludge. I don't know what that. I don't know what that was. But and then he, he can't even take the thing off his leg. I think because it's just like to prevent infections. And he's like, I want to go back out there. I'm like, Are you crazy? I I literally I watched that special, and and I watched it late. Like I watched yeah. it weeks after everyone had told me about it, whatever. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh my god! Like when they were talking about like. He was gonna die, and his, and then I saw the pictures of it, and I was like, "That toxic sludge." It's, it literally looks like, like what you know. You ever see the movie Outbreak when they were like, "It just." No, looked- I've been. I was thinking about watching it this year, but I feel like this is not the right year to watch it. Correct, correct. Yeah. In fact, my wife and I watched it during the pandemic, <laughs> and she was like, "This is a terrible decision." I tried to tell you, but um, that's what, it. Looked like a bomb went off inside his leg, and I was like, "This dude's life is in danger," and they're talking about he's gonna come back and play. The fact that he's on a field right now is so remarkable and says so much about him and the doctors they dealt with and everything. But yeah, I would, I, having said all that, I'd still hesitate to put him under center with, you know, guys coming in around him. Yeah. <sighs> no. And the, 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 so this guy almost lost his leg. He almost lost his life. He's wearing a, 
one of those what are those Brett Favre things he's always advertising with the right. uh, yeah I don't know know what that is but it's like a, a good one and he's still in the running for QB one that adds to my concerns about Haskins like this guy is a war hero and still has a shot. Well, I guess that now that Rivera has announced that Haskins is the QB, right? So <laughs> we'll he's see. the guy. But the fact that Alex Smith is in the yeah, I give him credit. I give him credit. Crazy, but I, it's Haskins' team. If if Haskins doesn't perform well, then you know, night night, everyone. I mean, this thing is done. But um, yeah, again, I I have told my friends, and I'm going to go because when I said it, the Redskins were still a thing. I'm not yeah. violating any laws no, by using your team name. But I always used to joke with my friends, you have my permission, choose a different team. Your life will be better. No, I won't judge you. I won't hold this against you. They make it too damn hard for you to root for this team. I yeah. don't understand how you could put up with this year after year. And my friends who are my age, in their 40s, I mean, they grew up through all those Super Bowl yeah. years. Yeah. And that's where their memories are attached. For guys your age? I've never seen it. What the hell are you <laughs> – how are you a fan of that team other than geographically being yeah. born into it? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, yeah it's Sundays are not fun. Sunday afternoons <laughs> are not fun. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to the, the, the Skins Cowboys game last year. I got a free ticket and I had to debate going. I was like, is this yeah. worth it? I know. That, no, no leg room, nothing. But um, Exactly, exactly. No, yeah, it, it's wild. Now, honestly, I, I was really, before the whole pandemic, I was really expecting to say, okay, they're playing Baltimore this year. Baltimore's lighting up the NFL, how many Baltimore fans are going to be at FedEx at that game? And I was thinking like close to maybe 80%. <laughs> but now, now it's going to be just kind of like this, like last year. I don't know who Haskins is taking a selfie with on a game winning drive. Maybe the, the, uh, what do you call it? Squad team coach. I don't know, but no, I, I wish him the best, but I, I don't know. I feel like if you're, you're that good, you'll need to show us on social media. You'll show us on Sundays. And that's maybe he learned, look, these quarterbacks come in, these kids come in, and they got to learn what being a pro is all about. Yeah. So for him, you know, whatever, the fortunate part is if he does well, he's going to get, you know, record contracts. The unfortunate part is every single mistake he makes is going to be blown up. Yeah. So, you know, that was a dumb move. He shouldn't have done it. Um, his whole future is going to be determined on what happens on Sundays. So, you know, I, I hope the kid's okay. I, I don't I don't look at him and say that's a superstar right there. But, you know, Kirk Cousins I don't think is a superstar, but he wins enough games. Yeah. And you, at this point for that organization, you just want a quarterback that you can feel like, okay, for the next handful of years, he's our guy. Let's build around him. They haven't had that because yeah. they, they never believed in Cousins. No. So it, it has been – I've been here in this market since 2010. That's a decade. And there hasn't been a quarterback that you felt like, well, that's the guy they're all in on. RG3's rookie year. RG3's rookie year, there was some hope. Right, right, right. But that's it. It was so, it was so brief. Yeah, I know. Look, I was, I was the beat reporter then. I was on the field when he ran by me with that 77-yard run against Minnesota. And I literally was like, oh, my God. This, this guy's the biggest phenomenon to hit the NFL in forever. Yeah. Like, this is – I'm covering the biggest star in the NFL – this is unbelievable. Yep. And then it was like, boom, it was all gone. Yep. So like, they, you know, a year or two was already all in for week one. And that was a total disaster. So. I still have that shirt now. Yeah. I, I got the shirt and I was like, this is gonna be great. I bought the Jersey. Yeah. I bought his Jersey and Jordan Reed's Jersey. Not my favorite purchases of all time. No, no, so that now. is not. Uh, those are ice cold <laughs> take exposed. Now. And you can't wear them now either. So they're yeah. basically useless. I used to use them as rags, but I even feel bad using them as a rag now, but 
<laughs> no, but it, no, it, but I remember his jersey was sold out across the board when during number, that number one selling jersey in the NFL yeah. during that seven week run. Because remember, people forget they were three and six. Yeah, it was not going well his rookie year, and then he had that seven week run where he became the biggest phenomenon in sports. Because there is no bigger sports star than a quarterback, and he was. He had the personality, he had the look, the socks, the, you know, everything. And now every week he's making at least one incredible high. He was Lamar Jackson, go back to your baseball thing, on steroids. Yeah. I mean, he was so much bigger than Lamar Jackson was. And then it was all gone. Yeah. I I remember when he got hurt in the Ravens game, I'm like, oh, no. Cousins comes in, he has a big game against Cleveland. Oh, God, what does this mean? But when he got hurt against Seattle, watching that, and you're like, God, just get him off the field. Get him off the field. And then when he crumpled down, when that leg just kind of gave out, I remember thinking, like, it's all gone. Yeah. Like, that was it, man. Yeah. This, this run was the craziest thing I've ever covered. That kid's never going to be the same, and he never was. No, and speaking of that Ravens game, they played him. I was senior in high school working at a grocery store in Baltimore County where I'm from. Remember Ja Reed, the left guard from the Ravens? Sure. He came in at 9 o'clock the night before the game and bought five five-hour energies. And I'm <laughs> like, this guy's going to be up late. There's going to be a gap in the O-line tomorrow. And guess who they attacked every time? I'm like, <laughs> so. Life by you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm hoping the NFL can stay safe. I know somebody was telling me a couple weeks ago before Old Thomas was cut that he was at – uh, some fancy sushi place in downtown Baltimore with no mask on for three hours. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And then two, late, two days later, he beat up the now starting song safety for the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll see where he ends up. I know, I know Mother's Day was not fun this year in the Thomas household. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> that was a big surprise. No, right. but yeah. But this has been a lot of fun, man. So I just wanted to thank you again for taking time. And how can people find you on social media if they're not already following you? Well, right now I've changed it to at Rob Carlin TBA since uh, I don't know where, you know, when the next gig is coming, but uh, still doing a lot of hockey talk. Uh, you know, I'm a proud Terps alum trying to do some Terps talk too. Hopefully they get back on the field soon too. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. This is fun. <laughs> I never really know what you're going to talk about. But, uh, it's <laughs> it's always fun to listen yeah. to. So Terps, yeah, absolutely. Terps, is Varun Ram, is he eligible still? Does he have any years left? <laughs> I think he's probably busy. Like, he's going to do something to change the world. Yeah. That's, like, the smartest kid that's ever put on a Maryland jersey. Uh, before, so. Yeah, no, he is – well, him him and Diamond Stone. So, no. <laughs> great name. Great name. One just, literally is a rocket scientist, though. Yeah. And one's, literally Varun and Ron. One's a, and one's a rock. Um, hey! Uh, nice. Yeah. No, I just came up with that. But yeah, but this has been a lot of fun. I just wanted to thank you. You're going to have to take time.